0: Online communities, classroom culture, and personal relationships have something in common. Whether it's forming a strong emotional bond, feeling included and accepted, or having an attachment to others, feeling like we belong makes us happy. Ever wonder why? Join me, Dr. Eileen Winokur, for my bi-weekly podcast, Journeys to Belonging. As I discuss my personal and professional experiences with belonging, and interview educators and others as they share their stories of belonging. At the end of every episode, I'll offer advice about how we can all feel like we belong. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Journeys to Belonging. On today's episode, I have a very special guest with me. She's someone who I really recently met um, on Twitter, but we connected right away. In fact, uh, at one point uh, early on, she asked if uh, she had read my blog and she asked if one of my blog posts would be okay to post it on her website, um, which we'll talk about a little bit also. But uh, welcome, Anna-Marie Savino, and thank you for saying yes to coming on my podcast.
1: Oh, how could I say no? I'm so excited to spend more time with you, getting to know you and, and sharing what I have to offer. Yeah, thank you. So I didn't really give much background about
0: you. Can you tell the listeners a little bit more about uh, about yourself?
1: Well, I am an, a, an English teacher in San Diego, and I... Uh, just recently, in the last year, published uh, two books. Uh, this, I feel like it is a very good idea to practice what we preach and show students that uh, writing can extend beyond the walls of the classroom, and we can use our writing to help other people and to help ourselves. Because the the books that I that I published had to do with using words to find healing in ourselves. Nice. And so I I feel like there's a lot of there are so many challenges right now and people are reaching for how to how to make change, how to heal and sometimes it can be just as simple as finding the right combination of words that that okay. really work. Out. And it, either in, in taking the right type of words or outputting the right type of words and letting your subconscious flow onto a, a piece of paper or in, into uh, a, a Google Doc or Word document and, and learning, learning from each other and learning from those words.
0: Yeah, Yeah, writing can definitely be very therapeutic. I know for a long time, up until I was in college, writing was very difficult for me. But I've found through uh, lately and especially through writing my blogs, I, I know what you mean. So um, the first question I always ask, we'll get back to the book because I'm really interested in, mm-hmm. in, in the stories. Um, the first question I like to ask all my guests is when I say the word belonging or sense of belonging to you, what, what first thing comes to mind?
1: You know, the first thing that comes to mind is a, is a giant puzzle. And I feel like um, we're all pieces of one giant puzzle and we belong in a big picture. Uh, we belong. It's almost as if that that puzzle is the story that we all need to see, and that if one of our pieces is missing, we do not get the picture in a complete form. And that we all have a special contribution to that one story, to that big puzzle. And it is puzzling. <laughs> the story is puzzling <laughs> because we all are in different shapes and we all have different pictures on us. And but when we when we're able to connect with each other, we're able to see that bigger picture and that story more clearly. And it makes sense to us. So that belonging reveals that meaning uh, and it reveals how we can connect to each other.
0: Yeah, I love that visual of the puzzle and how we're all different shapes. Um, It works so well. And actually we didn't practice this beforehand, but that works really well into my first more personal question, which is, in the preface of your book, Mm -hmm. uh, Sparrow's Well, you write, quote, the beauty about sharing one's own story and reading others' personal narratives is that if we take time to learn about the details of each other's small parts, we can all learn about the bigger story, the one in which we are all participating. And you mentioned in your background information to me that our stories and others help us belong. So, And you mentioned it, obviously, in your, your um connection to belonging. So can you talk a little bit more about that and also about sparrow as well?
1: Yeah. That you know it's funny you just reminded me when I when I talked about the puzzle that I wrote a a, a ginger issues uh, article when I was in undergraduate school and I called it puzzle piece but it was P E A C E. And I think that we are all searching for that piece for that meaning and And I feel like when we own our stories, I think that's where we have to start. A lot of times we try to understand our world from the outside perspective before we go inside. And so what Sparrows Well does is it takes readers through my journey of going through the the emotions and and, and certain stages. I didn't intend to have each chapter be a different stage in understanding oneself, but when I looked back through the, through the book, I realized that there are stages. There's, we start with questions. You know, What is this all about? Why am I going through this? Why do I feel these things? And it all starts with questions and asking the right questions. And then we have to find somebody who's going to help us. And everybody has a different guide. And so in chapter two, I found my resource and my guide. And, at, and then I started on the journey of answering those questions. Um, and chapter three, I, I meet my emotions. I sit down at, at a table and I have a conversation with personified emotions. And, um, and then in chapter four, we all together start on the journey of going through, um, reflecting. So in the mirror or forest, um, there's a lot of reflection and there are, um, at first, it's about blaming other people for how I was feeling mm-hmm. when I met the emotions. It was because other people made me feel a certain way. And I don't want to spoil anything, but uh, the journey, there are some revelations that as I was writing, I thought, oh, well, I didn't, I, I don't know where this thought came from, <laughs> but, <laughs> but this yeah, all makes yeah. sense. So as we, as we write our own stories and understand our own stories, Then we start to see okay well is somebody else feeling that way right or is somebody else missing that and that's why they're acting the way that they're acting um so in understanding ourselves we can start to see the world on the outside a little differently so i feel like that is the number one place to start is within and then i do i am i am writing the sequel to sparrows well it started last year and it's an overlap so sparrows well is internal uh healing and then the sequel is using that internal healing to understand the world on the outside and start healing the outside world so
0: wow yeah the interesting part is you know how you talk about starting within us rather than looking externally um which which i think is really important you were going to say something else go ahead
1: Well, we do look externally for, if I just have this house, I will be happy. If I just Mm. have more, I will be happy. If I just have dot, 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 add whatever Mm -hmm. into the ellipses, we will be happy. And ironically, those things have an expiration date. Those things can be taken away from us. So when we put our hopes in something that can be taken away from us, we will be disappointed in life and we will always be blaming other people. So what can we what can we hold that nobody else can take away from us is understanding of ourselves right. and the ability to, to understand what we can control and what we can't control. And I think that opens up the door to to being able to truly belong to your story so that others can authentically see. Your, your, your story, and then you, you open the door to be able to see other people's stories without that, um, those walls and the bias that come from, um, from the emotions just trying to, to uh, protect themselves.
0: Yeah, that, that's so important, that whole idea of, of belonging. It's yes. one of the things and one of the reasons why I de- disagree with Maslow's um, motivational uh, sort of triangle, a pyramid, yeah. is the fact that he leaves self-actualization for the end. But if we don't have mm-hmm. that self-actualization from the beginning, we right. really don't have that. And uh, when I interviewed Noah Daniel, she mentioned self-word. Um, most of the people that I have chatted with have talked about the self and, and really finding themselves before being able to have those relationships and finding belonging mm-hmm. with others. So I'm, I'm so glad you mentioned that because it's really important and so interesting that Sparrow's Well really starts there. And now mm-hmm. you're looking sort of to the, to the next step with the sequel. Um, your website, Well-Cultured Perspectives, uh, mentions pursuing wellness through cultivating curiosity, cognition, and connection. Tell me how the whole idea of well cultured perspectives came up, and why are those three C's really important in the whole picture of of uh, what you're what you're doing on your website and and in your life. Yeah.
1: So the, the the term well obviously comes from wanting to be well, and uh, the metaphor for the well of a, a place to quench your thirst uh, aligns really. Really well with, no pun intended, aligns well with um, with the purpose of of the website is. People are thirsty for understanding. People are thirsty for being understood, and then the website is a place where I I originally intended writing my own blogs, but I thought other people's perspectives why I'm not I'm only one person as a teacher I don't even teach that way where I have the only information that students need to learn my students teach me all the time and I use their answers to teach their classmates and so it's that that um it's it starts with curiosity though it starts with those questions what what is it that I I need to learn what is it that I want to learn um who who can I learn it from? Okay. Um, and so that—that's the curiosity part. The cognition is we—we we need to be very thoughtful. It's about about our perspectives, and we need to be thoughtful about other people's perspectives. Mm-hmm. And once we can be thoughtful, that cognition piece comes into play. Um, whether it's learning or or reflecting, that metacognition. Um, that that piece is how we learn from each other is that cognition piece and then and then taking what we learn and connecting to each other is that, that piece of belonging and then um, just making our lives more meaningful. we think about when we think about why we go to school, first of all, probably kids can well because I have to, um, but why school was established in the first place, why jobs are established in the first place so we can create the best experiences for ourselves and others. Mm-hmm. That's it. It's that simple and how can we do that if we're not asking the right questions, if we're not really thinking about the answers to those questions and we're not connecting with each other about those answers to those questions. It really is that simple. And so my, my goal for the website is to connect with people who want to share their perspectives on life so we can all learn from each other and hopefully get a clearer picture of what this is all about and why we do what we do to give more meaning to what we do so that we can have that great experience.
0: Yeah, and it relates back to what you said in the preface of your book, is that by putting your story together with other people's Mm -hmm. stories together, then we're all able to not only make that connection, but understand ourselves and understand others. Mm -hmm. And without that, then you won't have that big puzzle full of peace. Which you mm-hmm. said, P.E.A.C.E., which is yeah. it's just so important. I love all the allusions you use. I, I can see that your years of teaching English and, and having that dialogue with your students has really you know come into it's it's just so it's so rich. Um, it's it's really wonderful. Um, on the website you also have three types of wellness you talk about which you've mentioned already a little bit but i'd love for you to go into a little bit more detail the internal the external and then the eternal which we haven't really spoken about too much um yeah i'd love to hear a little bit more about that also because i think all of the pieces of your journey sort of are fit together they don't fit together exactly you know but um but they're they give us a bigger picture of who you are and what your journey's been like. So, yeah. So, tell us a little bit more about how you ended up with those, picking those or choosing those. Yeah.
1: Well, I think those are the er- different areas of the realms, I-, I guess you could say, of of understanding. And there are things that we can understand internally, our emotions, our thoughts. There are things that we can observe externally. But I think there's that other dimension that we can't forget about and there are those things that we can't see and feel and understand there's that that unknown and um that came before us that's going to go after us and uh there's evidence of that in this world and it's interesting I, I don't want to forget that perspective and that a lot of times the ex the eternal perspective drives people's internal drives people's external um whether they believe or not uh, in in a, a deity, even the the belief that there is no deity drives their eternal ideas mm-hmm. that there is none. So this is all we have. So this is important to um to to live this life the way that I want to live it. it. It it really does that eternal just is that invisible drive, and we cannot forget about that.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's so important. And you talk about it in terms of. The wellness as- aspect, which mm-hmm. and well-being, which is, you know, so important, especially now in all of this uncertainty. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's also really interesting to me the whole idea of progression of internal, external. Well, not even necessarily progression, but internal, external, and then the eternal, because uh, Mazel spent a lot of time with uh, the Blackfoot uh, uh, Nation, and right. In their teepee, it was mm-hmm. sort of turned upside down for what. And at the very top, really, is the whole idea of your legacy, mm. which is the eternal, which I, found, I find really, really fascinating. And, and you've mentioned it again, is this whole idea of what are we leaving to others? So are we the good ancestor? And also, what are we striving for? What are we reaching for?
1: Right. I think part of that is just being a teacher and... and um... Beginning with the end in mind. So everything I'm doing is driving me towards that eternal belief. So whether I believe in heaven, whether I believe in the the fact that we become something uh, again here on earth, whether I believe that we just cease to exist, Mm -hmm. that will drive my purpose in life and and my meaning in life. It will drive all of the other internal and external perspectives.
0: Yeah, Um, yeah, for sure yeah um speaking of your teaching i'm really interested especially now after after talking to you for a little while about what kinds of things you're doing in your classroom to enrich the teaching and that your that your students have um you know just speak about that a bit i I just what are the kinds of things you're doing in your classroom and uh, the expectations you have of your students or allowing them to do also to take ownership of, of their writing
1: Luckily, I teach juniors in high school, so I am not teaching them as much of the uh, foundations of, of writing and foundations of annotation and reading. And uh, they, I, and I mentioned that to them at the beginning. I said, I tell them, you have gone through your freshman year and your sophomore year of, of high school English, learning how to, Navigate through reading, how to navigate through expressing yourself, and this is the year that you get to put all of that into practice and start learning about your world because you have those skills. you get to start using those skills here, and so we begin we begin with the why why are we reading American literature and they just um let's see today is Thursday, so they are actually doing their um, they they did their first uh, lecture on why American literature, uh, Monday, Tuesday. And I I asked, I asked them the question. So I sent them two blog posts, and I did a little lecture on um, the progression of American literature. So we start with Puritanism and move through rationalism, romanticism, realism, modernism, postmodernism. And they know that their end in mind is to understand today'sism. It's not in a textbook they get to take whatever they're learning this year and figure out what the presentism is and why and so they're going to create the next unit in their textbook that is their end goal in mind and so throughout this year they're going to collect ideas and information and everything they do is going to lead them to that goal of understanding the present so that they can make a better future wow um so so we are going through the past and i connected thematic topics so to each ism, so Puritanism's thematic topic is freedom. Rationalism's is independence. Uh, Romanticism's is dealing with the intuition aspect of ourselves. Uh, Realism is logic. Uh, Modernism has to do with societal norms, and then postmodernism is individual belief. So each one of those isms not only will present the literature from that time period, but also the connection to those thematic ideas and students will start to build those understandings in themselves. For example, uh, today, uh, my periods five and six, um, period one, two, three, did it yesterday, did their first unit lecture that I got to do. Um, I got to learn Edpuzzle, which was really fun. So um, I have student ambassadors, and every Friday at two o'clock, um, these are volunteer student ambassadors uh, who tell me what went well that week. What can be improved and then I tell them what the topics are and what we're doing for the next week and they give me ideas of engaging idea activities so last Friday a student said I really enjoy Ed for lectures I said great I will take my Sunday and learn about it and we will have the lecture <laughs> for next week terrific. I did I got certified I got a badge I love those those are so funny so yeah. I got one badge for Ed Puzzle and um, created my very first Ed Puzzle lecture I told them I'm about a two plus three minus on the rubric score for feeling proficient in Ed Puzzle, but I'm <laughs> pushed myself into, uh, into a solid four minus maybe by a unit two, if not more. But, um, but yeah, today they are, they are going to go through their first unit of Puritanism and Rationalism. We combine the two, and they had the questions uh, to answer during the, during the Ed Puzzle unit. But what is the difference between freedom and independence? I think at 11th grade that's a really important question because they're about to be free from mm-hmm. from their parents yeah. but does that make them independent right they'll be legally free from their parents their parents will be legally free from from any anything that they do but what is the difference between having freedom and independence and I have I have just loved their answers they are so thoughtful and I think when when anybody, I don't, I don't care who you are. When anybody asks somebody else the right questions, you get to see them shine, the, the, the students, adults shine. And I think a lot of times, uh, the reason that people uh, put down students or, or teenagers, is they're maybe not asking the right questions. Um, because when, when, when I ask, when I ask, students certain questions, I see they are eager to answer questions about that are meaningful. Um, If I'm asking them what color uh, the sweater is and somebody's, you know, for a character in a book, who cares about that? But wow, okay, freedom and independence, maybe I need to look at this because I'm, I need, I will apply this concept to my own life. And I think when we can ask the right questions, we get a much, much deeper understanding from our students, they get a deeper understanding of themselves, and there we go. We're starting the process of belonging, so, and, and then it, it, it ignites their, their motivation.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Not only that, you're valuing their input and validating what, uh, you know, what they're saying. Um, yes. You know, just by the student ambassadors, just by asking those types of questions, you're saying to them, I'm really interested in what you have to say and it's important to me. And that also creates that safe space that students feel that if I'm valued and she's really listening to me, they're really listening to me, then I really do want to say something. And I think sometimes we we miss that, you know, with this whole idea of, of either asking those closed questions where there's just a yes or no or a one word answer rather than the questions that really press them, thinking that they might not be able to go that far with their answers. But they'll search, and it is so motivating because yep. the fact that, you know, you are asking them those things and, and they feel, well, it's possible that nobody's ever really asked them for their input about ideas that are so deep. I would hope so, but sometimes, you know, we. We tend to get so busy, we, ju- we just don't think about it. So um, Anna Marie, that's so, I, I, I love the fact that I could just picture myself in your classroom and <laughs> yeah, and I, I'm just so fascinated by all that you're, you must be doing with them. So other than, I know you mentioned some of the things you're doing with the writing and valuing them, value, validating them. Are there other things that you do? How long ago did you start um, with, the, with teaching? Uh, when did your, your school year start?
1: We started uh, this year on August 3rd. And we usually start in July. We're a year-round school. But since things oh, were a little cool. up in the at the end of July, um, and teachers needed a, a few more weeks of professional development for going mm-hmm. uh, through distance learning and feeling prepared for that, we, uh, we started on August 3rd. And so this, we are in our fourth week. And um, I have to say, I have had the highest attendance rate ever, and I have had the highest turn-in rate and the most quality work I've ever received at the beginning of a school year. I would wow. even say midway through the school year, students weren't turning in work of this quality. And uh, a couple things that I think are 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 helping that is that mm-hmm. we we start really early in the morning usually, and uh, our school mm-hmm. starts in-person school starts at 7:30 a.m. And we have 20, well, this year we have 2,300 students, but uh, in past years we've had even up to 26, 2,700 students. Mm-hmm. And they, there's one way in and one way out of the school. And so they're spending a lot of hours just getting to school. Okay. And it's early and they're yeah. not rested. And I feel like um, giving students the, just that extra, even 45 minutes yeah. can make a huge difference.
0: Yeah. And
1: and so I don't know what it is. I can maybe ask my student ambassadors about that, but, but I am getting some very amazing work already. And, uh, and I don't know what factors go into that. But I'm, yeah. I, if this is the beginning of this year, I cannot wait to see what my students well,
0: produce. Yeah, what them.
1: can they accomplish? Yeah, especially very with amazing. that end goal.
0: Yeah, oh, that's yeah so that's so exciting so just going back a couple of weeks then how do you usually start start off sort of creating that uh environment or that climate um within your classroom students uh, so that students know that um you know they feel that safe space and belonging because in order to be able to write and share and be mm-hmm. critiqued and so forth they really have to feel that way otherwise they're just not going to produce so how did you how do you usually start off or how did you start this year off then
1: so i usually start off the same way i start off this year it was just a little different with the distance distance learning uh, but i start off saying here's who i am and here's what i expect and here's how i'm going to expect it so there is no um guesswork and mm-hmm. i tell them your learning matters more to me than your grade and um you know i i'm a little different with the fact that i do not penalize them academically for their work Mm -hmm. ethic issues. Um, I do not celebrate um, them in uh, extra credit goes towards work ethic citizenship grades, Mm -hmm. uh, not towards academic grades. So they have two grades. They have their citizenship grade and their scholarship grade, their academic grade. Their academic grade is solely based on their mastery of a skill. And I use the one point rubric uh, and I say, here is what you need to master. Here are, is the piece of evidence. Here are the pieces of evidence that mm-hmm. I will check off that you did it. You can either exceed the standards or maybe you're not meeting them yet. And I will tell you what you need to do to meet the standards. And if you go above and beyond, that's how, that's how they get an A. Uh, if they go above and beyond and, um, and then. Wow. So to, to teach them to strive for that A rather than just getting a, doing what is expected and getting an A. Right. It, it causes a different, um, Mindset, in mm-hmm. in the classroom. So I spend a lot of time. Um, I'm a. I, I'm sure they see right through it, but I feel like I'm being sneaky having them start the year annotating, reading, and writing about an article about work ethic, and um, and you know wow. work ethic in a modern sense, and and why striving for grades alone is it might get you the job, but it's not going to keep. It's not going to help you keep the job. That work right. ethic. It's really important and ironically, the grades follow the, and it's more authentic. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we talk about why cheating is not okay. I said, look, you're not going to send uh, your friend to the gym or your friend to the doctor when you're the one that has a problem. Your, prob- your, your whole point of going to the doctor is to get better. Your whole point of going to the gym is to get better. But if you're sending other people and, and, and making it seem like, here, go take a picture for me at the gym and post it on my Instagram, you're never going to get better. I said, so school is the same way. You're here to improve your skills. If you already knew everything, you could just go start working now. But you're here in a safe place to make mistakes and to, and to have somebody guide you through improving them so that when you are independent and on your own, you have the confidence that you are able to do this on your own. And that confidence alone is what's uh, gonna, going to make you marketable and make you enjoy your job. And, and when you actually genuinely know how to do something, you enjoy it more. And so I said, that's what you're doing here. So I set up a huge three week why. And that's why I said, just today we're starting content. Um, We haven't touched content until uh, the fourth week of school. So. That's genuine. That's usually how I set it up. It's the, how am I grading you? Why am I grading you this way? What do I expect? And, uh, and then let's go do it.
0: <laughs> yeah. But think about the amount of learning that's going on that might yeah. not be content based in terms of what's written in your curriculum, but sets mm-hmm. them up for success for the rest of the year because they already have, like you said, the mindset, but they mm-hmm. also have the skills be able and the motivation to be able to get going which is so important so i know you've already mentioned uh uh, as we sort of wrap up here although i'd love to keep talking because (laughs) it's been wonderful um is there any other additional advice or points that you would like to uh, mention uh, about anything that we've talked about in terms of uh helping the the listeners
1: yeah first thing I want to offer is that I'm actually creating an online course for a Sparrows Well retreat. It's a Sparrows Wellness retreat. Wow. And so it will, it will go through all of the stages of the book. So we'll start with our questions. We'll go okay. through um, the, the who is going to be your guide and your resource and uh, what are your emotions look like. It's going to be really fun and we're we're going to, because the, the emotions have different colors associated with them. I did a little research on the meanings oh, behind wow. the and so And so uh, we will have um, wear your emotion color night. And it'll be just really fun. <laughs> yeah. you know, I grew up, I was I was a, one of the vice presidents of my ASB um, growing up. And so I had to create re- a retreat. It was a s- spiritual retreat for my school. Mm-hmm. And I was in 11th grade doing that. And um so I, I love that kind of creating those experiences. And so right now I'll do it virtually, but I definitely will be um, hoping to do that as like a, a fun little getaway and do a mm-hmm. do a few days of, of Sparrows Well Retreat for healing because my advice would be that there is nothing more important right now than just spending time understanding your story. Um, it makes you a better um, worker. It makes you a better parent, it makes you a better daughter or son. It makes you a better friend. It makes you a better uh, companion, lifelong companion for somebody. Um, Because once you own your story, you allow people to own theirs. And that's where true peace can come from. It will not make conflicts go away it'll just make those conflicts so much more meaningful. I just spent a week and a half in a conflict, but it was resolved. And once it's resolved, we, we celebrate it. And it's just being able to understand myself going through that conflict is helpful, even though the conflicts are really, really hard. Yes, ever they ever, are. Ever, ever go away. They yes. will always happen. Yeah. But being able to understand yourself and saying, okay, this is fear right now. This is anger. I I actually decided that fear and doubt together is what creates the creature of my insecurity. And and that creature of insecurity is really, really destructive to other people and to myself. And, and to personify insecurity in that way um, really helped me understand the damage that it can do. And, um, yeah. and so... You know, understanding that makes those conflicts worth, worth going through and, um, and more meaningful.
0: Yeah. And especially if you know that there's something better on the other side or there's that resolution on the other side, um, yep. going through the conflict is sort of like having the failure also. And then yes. being able to say, okay, I learned from that and now I can move forward Um, You talk about understanding your story, but it's also being able to tell your story, which is um, not easy for everybody. I know because I've had that experience also. It's just been recent that I've been able to tell my story. Uh, Anna Marie, Mm -hmm. this has been absolutely wonderful. And uh, I really appreciate you being on today. If people want to find you, which will also be in the show notes, but if people want to hop off this uh, after listening and find you, where's the best place to find you?
1: You know, the easiest place is just to email uh, wellculturedperspectives at gmail.com. Um, but also, I'm on Twitter at a smile with Anna. And um, those are the two places I frequent most to connect with people is through the website, my email, and, and Twitter for now. So, okay. Well, thanks again. And I do love your Twitter handle. That's
0: how I (laughs) was able to find you because the uh, uh, smile is, is in capital letters. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. So thank you again so much for being on my podcast today. I really, really appreciate it. I've learned so much from you today. Thank you, Eileen. Be sure to subscribe to my podcast journeys to belonging um, and the next episode will be out in two weeks. In the meantime, you can connect with me on Twitter at Eileen Winokur, I-L-E-N-E-W-I-N-O-K-U-R, or on Instagram at Eileen underscore W. And you can also find my blog uh, at the website, https colon forward slash forward slash cultures that build. See you in two weeks.